0: Hi, my name is Jeanette Murray, and I am totally new at this game of recording and creating a podcast, so I'm going to ask you to bear with me because it is a learning curve and a very steep one for me. But having said that, I'm happy that you're here and listening, and I just want to welcome you to my podcast. My site is called Be Your Own Healer and I want to give you a little background to let you know why I think I'm qualified to speak on this topic and also to maybe impart some knowledge to those of you out there who are healers or are seeking healing or are involved in alternative healing methods. Or whatever your interest in healing and spirituality is. And the reason I combine healing with spirituality is because I do healing and I use my spirit guides and I use prayer and I use my history of um, spirituality and all the different things I learned throughout my life to be a good counselor, as that was my profession. I started out as a rehabilitation counselor many years ago, and I worked for private companies, I worked for state-run organizations, I did rehabilitation counseling, then I moved into uh, mental health counseling, and personal counseling in colleges. And then I set up my own private practice where I was a mental health therapist. So all of this took place over a period of over 40 years now. So you can pretty much guess that I'm up there in my age group. <laughs> and I may not be fami- familiar with all the latest terms and jargon that's used today in terms of hype and popular language referring to healing and also um this podcast world but I felt like I needed to do this because I wanted people to know some things about themselves that would help them to heal. So having said that I want to share with you a little story about myself and my dog to illustrate to you the power of the mind. I live in the country in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina, and I have a dog and two cats. And I'm used to episodes with dogs going out and getting skunked because most of my dogs have done that over the years. And I have a formula to wash them down with that works. And so the other day, um, my dog was outside just roaming the yard. And then I looked out to see how she was doing and where she was. And she was sitting, shaking her head. And I went, uh-oh, that is skunk behavior. She got skunked. So I immediately... um started to prepare the solution that I could wash her with, and I could smell the strongest smell of skunk odor. And I just groaned inside, but I knew I could take care of it, so it wasn't that big a deal. And I called her inside when the formula was all mixed up and ready to put on her to wash her down. And she came up to me, and I bent over and sniffed, and there was no skunk smell. I went outside and sniffed, and there was no skunk smell outside either. And my eyes grew big, and I said, Oh, my God, I thought that I smelled skunk. I did smell skunk, and yet it was all because I believed that she had been sprayed by a skunk. So the point of the story is that our minds (laughs) can sometimes fool us and trick us into believing things that aren't really true and aren't really there. And then on the reverse side of that, our minds can also promote a reality that we want to have. I did not want skunk reality, and yet I created skunk reality with my thought. So I thought, you know, this is how we heal ourselves. When we think in terms of illness and sickness and then bec- that becomes fortified by what we're told by doctors and healing people, um, practitioners. And then we read about it or we hear ads on TV about, oh, so many drugs and pharmaceuticals and, and illnesses that are out there. It's no wonder that there is so much sickness. And illness in our world. And there's no wonder that people are seeking healing from every available source that they can. I began to seek out alternative healing methods probably in around my 30th year of practicing as a traditional counselor and psychotherapist and I learned hypnosis which is excellent and I learned magnified healing and healing touch and explored reiki and then learned emotion code and I found that as I was using different modalities for healing and along with the traditional ones as well, um, I found that the ability to get a person to change their thinking was at the heart of all healing. And a lot of that has to do with trust in the healer and what they're doing and how they can... convey a feeling of knowledge and experience to a person so that that person, in turn, can believe what they're doing is helping. And don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. I'm not saying that these modalities aren't helping and aren't good and aren't worthy and wonderful and should be used and explored. But if a person goes to any healing practitioner and believes in their heart, they're not going to help me. Guess what? They're not going to help them. And so this has been proven in my work over and over again with working with people. Now I traditionally mostly always use emotion code as my primary source of healing But in the course of my using emotion code, I found that my intuition was just... I can't even describe how I would use the word blossoming, I suppose, or the door had opened up to my intuition. And I realized that I wasn't working alone. I was working with my spirit guides... But I was also tuning into the individual spirit guides. So I was getting an awful lot of help with my healing that I hadn't even really asked for in the beginning. And now I always summon that help and always connect with and tune in with a person's healing, well, with a person's guides for the purpose of healing. And that is where I've come to integrate or join together healing and spirituality. Now, when I say spirituality, I'm not referring to any religious organization, religious set of beliefs. Um, You can be a total atheist and still have, have great spirituality and still have... Um, the ability to heal using the same methods that any anyone else can benefit from, but what I want people to understand is that the healing that takes place is not coming from another person per se it's not coming through me it's not coming through the doctor the family nurse practitioner, the shaman, the chiropractor, um, although I, I believe in and use all of these different types of healing practitioners and, and I've always benefited from them. But the point that I'm trying to make is that a person heals from within, And a person responds to the healing work of a practitioner by believing that what they're doing is going to help. Another illustration of that would be, well, I'll use myself as an example. I did not believe in acupuncture being something that would help me with a problem I had years ago. And I went to a practitioner who happened to be a friend and got to know her and, and really trust her and know she was good at what she did. And I found that my initial reluctance or resistance was taking, making it take longer for me to heal than it really should have. But then something gave way and I started to really believe that she's really connecting up with some energy in my body and she's, she's straightening out some these meridians, these flows of energy in my body and that's what's leading to my healing. And so long story short, I was healed of the problem that I have and it was because of acupuncture. But it was also because of my change in my attitude and my beliefs in my mental state, basically. So how do we become our own healers? Well, first of all, I will never tell anyone to stop seeing a particular healer, never. In fact, if anything, if someone tells me they're seeing going to Brazil to see a shaman to heal, I would say, good for you, go for it. Because that tells me that their belief is so strong in this healing modality that they're gonna get the help they're seeking. Um, And if they have the time and money to travel to Brazil to do that, that's wonderful. And sometimes we have to put in that kind of effort and that monetary um, investment to believe that what we're doing is really good and helpful. But actually, that person probably could have stayed at home and found a neighborhood practitioner who could have done the exact same thing for them if they had that same belief. So I hope the point I'm trying to get across is clear that... Healing happens in your mind, in your head, in your brain, just as sickness happens in your head, in your thinking, in your thoughts and beliefs. As I am aging and seeing people around me who are my age group, and seeing how aging itself convinces people that they are going to experience illness, high blood pressure, um, knee problems, hip problems, just basic stiffness, um kinds of different physical problems. And I'm not saying these aren't real or that they're, they're dreamed up or, or they're, people are hypochondriacs for these things, but just the process of aging makes us believe that we are going to slow down, we're going to have more aches and pains, we're going to be more susceptible to illness. We're going to have more need for for doctors and health practitioners. And that is all very true. And it's very true because we believe it. And we believe that aging is associated with and goes hand in hand with poor health. And I have to tell you that That's not necessarily true. Now, it takes quite a bit of time and effort and planning and work at staying healthy. Granted, we can't just sit back and say, well, I'm going to grow old and I'm not going to get sick and I'm not going to be stiff and sore. No, of course not. Um, I can testify to that every day. If I don't go to yoga class, I'm stiff. (laughs) If I don't get exercise, I don't have energy and I feel lazy and then my body starts to complain and then I start to feel aches and pains and I realize, you know what, I've been neglecting myself, I've been neglecting this poor body and I have to give it what it needs. Give it healthy nutrition, give it exercise Stretch it sometimes, you know, painfully stretch it because you do get stiffer as you get older, but you got to work harder at stretching. I hope this doesn't sound like I'm bragging on myself for just trying to do the basic self care that I do. But what I would really want to say is that. If I started out with the belief that I'm getting older, I have to slow down, I don't. Ha- I won't have the energy I used to have as a youth, um, my body isn't going to be able to keep up, I'm probably going to come down with, well, all the diseases of old age, including, oh my gosh, I'm forgetting things. It must be the onset of dementia or Alzheimer's. If we do that kind of thinking, and if we really put energy into those thoughts, well, I don't have to tell you what the results would be. But what if we were to think aging is just a thought process, really? Um, there are people in their 90s who are doing ballet and yoga and running, and it doesn't mean that they're super people or are really all that different. It's just that they have held on to a belief that they are strong and vital and able to move and that they can be healthy and they can have the body and the life that they want to have for as long as they want to have that. So back to my work as a healer as a practitioner and i and again i want to i want to define what i mean by healer there's so many people today that call themselves healers and it's all right i don't criticize or judge anyone for labeling themselves a healer but i hesitate to use that term because well Healing doesn't come from another person. I am not a healer. I don't heal you. You heal yourself. I may be a facilitator of your healing, but I can't heal you any more than my dog could heal you or anybody. Healing comes from within, healing is a mindset, a belief. It can be a a religious belief. It can be tied in with your spiritual beliefs. But healing is a thought process. And when I work with people and they tell me certain things that are kind of like the, the buzzwords to ill health, like using the words, well, I can't do that anymore or I can't stretch or I can't touch my toes or I have this condition or even worse when people would say things to me like I'm ADHD I'm bipolar I'm schizophrenic I'm whatever you fill in the rest I would gently point out to them that that's not who they are, that is a condition that they may have and that they should regard it as something that is given to them to perhaps teach them, to uh, work on, to perhaps change if they can, or to get treatment for whatever it is that's bothering them or interfering in their lives. But never label yourself an illness. It would be like people going around saying, well, I'm I'm cancer. I'm high blood pressure. I'm Alzheimer's. We don't do that. So don't do that with any condition, anything that you're coping with or struggling with. The other thing I try to point out to people I work with is that Their very words and their thoughts influence their condition in life. So one of the things I come upon a lot in my emotion code work, and just as an aside, emotion code is an energy healing technique that helps people to remove emotional blocks, blocking beliefs, um, trapped emotions that are trapped energies in their body in the form of emotional energies that were trapped at a particularly difficult time in their lives, um, you know, a, a traumatic stress. There are so many different ways that energies can get trapped in our bodies. An emotion code is a beautiful healing technique that enables us first to find what's trapped and then to release it. And in addition to releasing trapped emotional energies and blocking beliefs, there's also some other energies that sometimes get attached to us or trapped in us or maybe carried in from past lives or inherited from our parents that we have to find out and and uproot them and release them, get rid of them. And the beautiful thing about emotion code, which is why now I exclusively use that in my work, other than other, um, what would we call them, best practices in the fields of mental health and psychology. The reason I use them is because they work. And they work very easily and simply. And it's not a question of, of long-term psychotherapy, trying to dig out the roots of what's bothering a person because emotion code just gets right to it with a laser approach. And then we discover what's there and release it. The results of it are amazing. And that's why it's something that I've replaced my other therapeutic modalities with. Again, back to the, the, um, the idea of using your intuition or helping me to use my intuition to connect with your spirit guides. Let's talk a little bit about spirit guides. Spirit guides are real um i know it took me decades to believe <laughs> that they even were there or you know they weren't just imaginary or you know they weren't angels i used to call them synonymously angels or spirit guides but actually they're they're very different things entities i should say um angels are real and they're there too but they're more of a protective force that are assigned to watch over you. They don't stop bad things from happening to you necessarily because those things may need to happen for karmic reasons, but they do protect us often in ways we just don't even know. I've had firsthand experiences of angel guides saving my life, which I won't go into right now, perhaps another podcast. But they are real, and they are there. They're protectors. Spirit guides, on the other hand, are, well, I kind of call them assigned workers that are on the other side who connect with us if we choose to connect with them, if we acknowledge their presence, But most important of all, and I'll probably repeat this a hundred times, you have to ask them to help you. It's like, remember in Star Trek, the prime directive was don't interfere, don't change um, the star system's plan of life or whatever it is, and, and don't interfere in a civilization in space. Well, The guides kind of follow the prime directive. They don't interfere in our lives unless we ask. And believe me, when you get comfortable with asking them, (laughs) they're right there. And I can probably give you a thousand different stories about how they have helped me and been there when I've asked them for help. Um, Even as far as creating this podcast, it's like, I can't do that. I need your help. And I get the, I'll, I'll call it intuition, the thought, the impression that, yes, you can do it and, and we will help you. You won't be great at it, but you'll be good and you can do it. And Lord knows, maybe somebody will benefit from it. So your guides are there. They're with you. And when I work with people, I sometimes can get a number. Maybe there's two. Maybe there's four. Maybe there's an itinerant guide who comes in to help with a particular situation and then leaves. But they are there. And they do assist in my work with helping others. But I encourage everyone to first of all believe in your guides and second of all tune in with them and just talk to them and ask them for help and they will help you now let's talk about what that help looks like or feels like it's not a vision and it's not a voice in your head because that would be an auditory hallucination and we really don't want those. But when the guides give me help or advice, it's a thought or impression or an image comes into my mind. And I try, at least when I'm working with other people, I try to interpret what I'm seeing and what that image is is telling me and I ask the person does that make sense to you does that have any meaning to you and if the person says yes it absolutely (laughs) makes sense and I can totally relate to that or they say not really then I ask the guides give me something a little clearer give me something that I can interpret better and they do and it works beautifully And I just don't want people to think that I am doing anything phenomenal or exceptional. I'm just working with the guides. And believe me, they're the best helpers a person could ever want. Also, let me end this with a thought, too, that As I said before, it doesn't matter what your belief systems are. It doesn't matter what religion you follow, or if you don't follow any belief system or religion, it does not matter. We're all humans. We're all on earth figuring it out, and we all have spirit guides. So my best suggestion is to get comfortable with that idea and begin to talk with your spirit guides. I'm going to end the podcast now just by saying thank you for listening if you lasted this long. (laughs) I'm grateful to you for listening. And I will be making more podcasts and putting more information out. And perhaps in the future I may even have a website. Um, That thought just does not inspire great confidence in me but with some help I can do that and also I am here for people who need some help and that information will be put out at some point in the future so bless you live your fullest life and talk to your guides You are your own best healer.